1: All right. Jill is coming in clutch with the episodes. Actually, we got a really great DM um, from Trish and shout out Trish. This is a great question. Um, I have known Trish for a long time and she was a business client years ago. And I'll just read the DM because I think it's a really good one. I think a lot of people can relate. This is a little bit more sort of like business centric, but I do think this is um, a really honest question. For those of you who are entrepreneurs or you're in the personal, I don't know, brand space, or especially if your business or the thing that you're doing is associated with you as a person, you guys know that obviously if you're listening to The Best Life, we are big fans of personal development. And sometimes when you learn stuff about yourself over time and you have a level of self-awareness, you have different passions, you have different things that excite you, and some of the old stuff doesn't. So anyway, uh, Trish said... Um, I have a question about evolving or transitioning your business after many years. You went from fitness and nutrition coaching to teaching business. What about those that have been in the game for several years and life has led them to perhaps a different industry or topic to lean on any advice on how to make that transition? Thanks so much. This is a great one. It
0: is so good. Oh, this is Danny J by the way. It is so good because you and I both have transitioned Um, I know so many people who have over the course of years, and um, some of them feel like they make sense. Some of them seem like a total 180. And in any of those circumstances, I really, truly believe you have to do what you feel passionate and excited about. Because at some point, especially if you're working for yourself and creating your own work... You know, we talked about this in quiet quitting. When you're like working for a job and you're just not feeling fulfilled, you're just whatever, you get a paycheck. But you when you're an entrepreneur, if you're you can't just collect a paycheck for yourself. You your your own money will start to dwindle if you're not into it, if you're not excited about it, especially if you're a personal brand or you're sharing things online, people can feel when you're not excited about what you're doing. And if you're just checking the boxes, you're gonna lose out on money. So ultimately, one, I wanna say this is really normal. Two, I think sometimes we get into our head too much on this when we're transitioning. A lot of times it makes more sense than we might think like on paper. Um, it's funny when I sometimes speak at events, I will give a little intro and like I'm doing a webinar and I'll talk about how I started from the fitness day, sweaty beddies. And then I was like talking about money. And it's like, when you look at how I started at the beginning to where I am now, the, the trajectory doesn't really make sense. But then when you see all the little pieces in between, like the little stair steps in the middle, it does make sense. So I just wanted to share all that to just first say, it's really normal. It's probably not as crazy as you think that the jump. Um, Oftentimes we start to sprinkle in little bits of where we're going and testing it out. And that's when we kind of start to realize that we're
1: not fully uh,
0: excited about the old stuff anymore. And I Mm -hmm. think that's totally okay.
1: I think if you're in this game long enough, you're going to feel a pull at some point to. I don't want to say necessarily like completely do a 180, but evolve. I think evolve is the better word. Like it's an evolution of you. It's an iteration of you. And if it's a personal brand, I agree with Danny, you have to honor who you are, but I'm interested in your take on this because you know where I'm going with this. There's I've seen two like sort of camps. I've seen camps who fucking change their Instagram handle and brand every fucking day. Like every single time you see them, like one day they're like a marketing ninja, the next time they're like a relationship coach, the next time they're like, and you're just like, what is this? Right. So I think that there is such a thing as too multi passionate, especially as an asterisk when you're first getting started, cause you haven't broken through with anything yet. And so oftentimes we come in, it's funny cause actually this is really timely. I'm, I'm starting my FBA course this week and FBA is for beginners to online business. And I'm on these calls with, the, with these folks, and they're like, I don't know what my niche is. And then they basically tell me their life story. And there's like five different things they could be an expert in based on like their experience and their expertise and what they've done in their life and who they see in person and whatever. And so there really is this feeling of like, if I niche down into one thing that I'm, then all of a sudden it just cuts off possibilities. And I'm really just alienating all the potential people I could help. At the beginning, I can't stress this enough of your business. I would say in like the first couple of years of your business, you have got to stick with one fucking thing. You just do to get traction and become someone to get known in the space and build enough trust with that one thing. Oh, Danny J, she's, you know, both of us started in fitness and nutrition. That's where we started. That's where we connected. We were both competitors. We were both doing, you know, meal plans and workout programs and stuff like that. And both of us broke through what I consider to be the trust barrier, or whatever that, that like sort of threshold is with that. People were like, oh, Danny, Sweaty Betty's. Oh, it's workouts. It's, you know, meal plans, it's recipes it's stuff like that. And same thing at Jill Fed. It was only once we gained enough, I feel like clout and trust within the industry that we could pivot after that and people would come. So trust translates. Once you create trust in one area, people are much more likely to, um, to go in another area when you take them there. So I guess the first question to ask yourself is like, have I built uh, enough trust in this one area? And then am I credible if I move somewhere else because those people will come? And so this is exactly what I did in business. I'm sure it's exactly what Danny did in money and business as well. People were like, I got a transformation with Danny. She helped me with my adrenal fatigue, my health and fitness, whatever it was. I want to transition. She now has a money program or she does business coaching. Who else would I trust? She got me a result in one area. She's going to get me a result in some other area. So that's like the one camp that I see people changing shit constantly. The other camp, and I'm wondering if you saw this, I have a couple of people in mind. Who have been doing the same thing and had a lot of success doing one thing, that they feel so scared to pivot because they're like, it's almost like the golden handcuffs. It's like, I'm known for this one thing. And we actually have like um, you know, we have an acquaintance in the industry who, like, for a long time was very much like very rigid in a nutrition philosophy and completely went in like the opposite direction. And I think that's also a disservice. So when you're trying to show up. As the old version of you, to Danny's point, not only can your people pick up on that, like inauthenticity, you know, reeks, but also like, I don't know, there must be some shit going on inside with you. Like, you know, just from like a, an energetic perspective, a physiology perspective, if you're having to show up as one person and you're like, I just do not resonate with this fucking content anymore. We have a friend, um, shout out to Steph Godreau, who started with uh, Stupid Easy Paleo. And she was super into paleo and it helped her with like her own health stuff and whatever. I'm sure she'd be fine with me telling the story. And then she pivoted recently, like in the last couple of years. And I know it wasn't like super easy because her audience, she was getting so much SEO traffic for paleo and like all this kind of stuff, but she had to do it because she her head was just not in that space anymore. She was like, I don't think everyone should be paleo anymore, but I have so much traction. I get, you know, uh, ad dollars and I get YouTube views and I have all this stuff. What happens if I leave that behind? do people come and it's hard to trust so i think the answer lies somewhere in the middle
0: i love these examples and i should have taken notes so i could know which one to touch on first <laughs> um because i you know i thought of so many examples so your first person i think you're You hit the nail on the head. You do have to start in one place first. It does happen. A lot of beginners get really excited about something. And then what happens is because they're not getting traction, they go, well, screw it. I'll do something else. And then they're like, well, I'm not getting traction here. Screw it. I'm not, I'm going to do something else. You can never grow and hit that barrier that way. So Jill and I were doing this. I would say, at least for myself, I was doing personal training for at least eight years before I did any kind of pivot. So it was not like I did sweaty buddies for you know, six months. And then I was like, screw it. Let me try this. And like, okay, money hit it. You were totally right there. It's you gain trust. And then what happens is you have an audience and some of your audience will continue with you. And then some of your audience will be new. But if you completely pivot, your audience doesn't know what the fuck. And then you really don't have an audience because nobody knows you for anything. So that part is really, um, it's really key. You have to be consistent in one area for quite a bit of time. And I don't want to say you have to do it for 10 years, but you might have to do it for 10 years, a couple
1: of years. Yeah, Yeah,
0: definitely. And then, um, you know, for the people who like do a hard, hardcore switch, it is scary, you know, because what happens is you will lose people, right? There's going to be people, they came to you for this one thing, they related to you for this one thing, and you're changing your message and that's okay. But a lot of people to Jill's point, will have known you. They trusted you. They got some results with you and they're on board with the transition. And you have to think of this too. Your audience is also different. So meaning that they might be the same person, but they're a different person as well. Like, okay. A 25-year-old version of Danny J who I was is different than the 35-year-old version of Danny J is different than the 45-year-old version of Danny J. And my audience who was following me at 25 is also, they're now 35 and they're 45. So their lives have changed as my life has changed I'm not still talking to the 25-year-olds, right? I'm I'm growing and I'm kind of just speaking to the people I'm speaking to who are like in my age range or whatever, you know, whatever my audience is. And they are also growing up. The only way I could still quote, do the same thing forever is if I just, as I'm aging, I'm still talking to the old version, the old 20, 25-year-old. And I'm just not because that's not me and that's not who I'm attracting. So you also have to realize it's not completely crazy to evolve because the people following you are also evolving. Um, I know I had a friend who was in this industry. Her name was Sarah. She used to have this brand called Sarah Fit and she was like doing college fitness and then she had a baby and then she had two and now she's got three kids so she's doing kind of fitness stuff too but now it's like mommy fitness she's not talking to the college girls anymore because she's not the college fitness chick so while she's still in a similar realm now she's talking a lot more about mommy stuff and and a little less more of the body stuff and a little bit more of like balance and self-care so you can see the evolution while they're completely different she's still got people who probably also got pregnant around the same time and were following her when they were in college too, And then suddenly they got married and they started having kids. So they're like, I'm still following her because we had the same life trajectory. So all that to say, it's not completely off to have a pivot because I don't think it's really a pivot. It's usually an evolution. Like you said, evolve. I think that's a really good word. Most of the time it's evolution. However, changing too often is you're never going to get any traction. So you do agree have to with maintain-
1: that. And I think a lot of people, like you said, jump ship too early. They go, well, maybe this isn't the thing, you know, and I will, I'm going to validate the fact that building a business and running a business are two different skill sets. So you have to build something first. It would be like, I don't know, you trying to build a house and then getting halfway done and being like, you know what, actually, I don't want to live here. Let me just go find a new plot of land and start over. And that's sort of how it is. So once you build the business, then you have all the information to go, do I want to keep running this business now that it's uh, like sustainable on some level that we've broken through that trust barrier, that threshold, like, do I want to stay here? And I also think it's possible. And Danny mentioned this early in the episode that you're going to start sprinkling the new version of you in anyway, whether you want to or not, you know, Danny and I are a prime example of people who are very much fitness, money, nutrition, and then we had husbands who had affairs and like, as much as it was like, it felt like a sharp, right. To talk about infidelity and relationships and personal development. We had been doing a lot of that stuff anyway, as part of our, like, just normal, like personal development, self-awareness type stuff. So it didn't feel super jarring to then talk about relationships because it was sprinkled in anyway. So when we talk about, so I think you can almost Trojan horse, some of these other ideas and personal development is a really easy one because personal development is like a nice bridge between like a hardcore, like science-based fitness nutrition sort of discipline and something else. It's all, it's also like, there's still like a mindset component of fitness and nutrition. So I know Trish is actually in the fitness space. So there's sort of like a mindset component, a behavior change component. I am very open about the fact that like I started getting a positive psychology because it was still like research-based whatever, And then it sort of makes sense that you start talking about gratitude and self-compassion and happiness and like you know fulfillment. And then it's like, how are you showing up in your relationships? How are you? Are you setting boundaries? Are you having clear communication? Like it doesn't feel super jarring. It doesn't feel like a sharp left. And I I'll I'll speak for myself. I don't know what you felt, Danny, but when we shared, it was really scary to talk about marriage and divorce and infidelity and stuff like that. But it didn't feel off-topic. I feel like because it's a personal brand and you know, people know you and they go to you for certain expertise, but they also know you're that you are a multidimensional human. You're a whole ass human and you have a lot of stuff. And, you know, I was blogging at the time, so I was sharing a lot of other things too, like about travel and about personal development, the books I was reading, whatever. So it didn't feel super off topic. So I think it's it's okay to start sprinkling some of that stuff in and then maybe like go full in and then maybe start with, I don't know, a good way but to start with this, especially online business, we do a workshop on it. Just see people bite. See if there's people in your audience who might want to learn about relationships or behavior change or mindset or whatever. Start there, uh, and that feels related enough. And I think that if you've built trust in that initial area, there's be a lot of people who want to come along for the ride. Hey,
0: besties! This episode is brought to you by Blissoma Skincare, y'all. This product. These products, I should say, um, are so incredibly delicious for your skin. I received a box of, uh, we got a toner, moisturizer, a cleanser, some eye serums, facial serums. And what I first noticed, which was really interesting, was the product color. So I pumped out some of the serums and the moisturizer in my hands, and it was kind of a greenish, brown, earthy color. And for a moment, I was kind of taken aback, And then I re- realized that most of my skincare products are white. And I started to think about why is that? If I have natural products, why is everything white? And I thought, what kind of chemicals and processes must these other companies be using to make everything the same color? And if it's truly a natural product, it's probably going to have natural coloring. So I have to say, I love the natural colors. I love the natural scents and smells. It smells really fresh and clean. And my skin looks really nice and glowy. And Blissoma is really big on regenerative agriculture and just having beautiful results. They go beyond organic and they don't use any synthetic fertilizers or herbicides in what they grow. And basically you've got seed to bottle kind of process here. So if you wanna try the skincare line out, they are hooking you up with a trial skincare set. Each of these trial skincare sets have five products in them at a really affordable price. You can try this out and they're giving you all off. So if you go to Blissoma, B-L-I-S-S-O-M-A, use The Best Life at checkout. You'll get 30% off the trial skincare set. This code expires on December 31st, 2022. So do not wait. Run to Blissoma.com. Use The Best Life for your trial skincare set now. I really loved your house analogy, like building a house and then you just stop building it and go start over because (laughs) you do have to. So you said that building a business and running a business are two different things and it's true. So it's almost like you have to build the entire house and then once it's built, if you want to redo the kitchen or remodel the inside, then you're able to do that. You're like, cool. I had this, you know, I don't know. I really liked this boho style and now I want like a Southwest style. And so you still have the house, you still have the frame and that is built and then you just are changing how things look inside you're kind of rearranging so I think that's I don't know that's how I visualize it and I think it's a really great analogy you just can't like walk away halfway the roof isn't put on and you're like oh let me just start over and like build a brand new one you've got to get that whole foundation first and then sure redecorate the rooms and start to spruce things up paint the outside I don't care um I think you know one of my friends Cassie Ho she is blog a on social media she's done Pilates videos for years. And she just recently posted this. She started a clothing company. She's actually been designing bags and designing, you know, kind of little workout accessories since she began on YouTube, but she was teaching Pilates classes on YouTube. And the last couple of years, she's been so busy in designing, designing workout clothes and workout gear and yoga mats that she hasn't posted a lot of workouts. And she made a reel about this the other day, how she said, some people were asking you, you know, wear your workout videos, but a lot of people haven't even noticed. So she had this transition of now she's really a full time designer, but it's also not so far off base because she created this huge audience of Pilates uh, enthusiasts, people who love Pilates who need to wear workout gear to do the workouts. And then she created a product that sells directly to those people who need what she's selling. And now she just shares her designs. She shares these beautiful clothes and yoga mats and bags for working out and water bottles. And it still fits, right? But if you were like, oh, you're a Pilates instructor and now you're a fashion designer. When you just look at it as those two things, it kind of doesn't make sense. But if you see over the, the years, how things, yeah, the evolution of it, it just, it makes a lot of sense. But if she just jumped right out and honestly, if you were to start today as a fashion designer, like she's in target, right? Her stuff is in target. I doubt that she would have gotten to target. I could say probably without a doubt, you're not just going to get into target. If today you are like, I'm going to be a fashion designer and do bags and, and, Uh, water bottles, right? She The reason she got there is because she built this massive audience of people who love her, follow her. And then she had little things that she tested and sold, little things that she tested and sold, tweaked. And as she started to get better and better at her product design, she was able to get into massive retailers. So- again, it's another evolution, but this has been a 10 year, 12 year evolution. And so where we're at is we have the 10 years, 11 years behind us that we can start repainting the walls and remodeling, but you got to get that foundation down and it can be boring, I guess, but I, I think you just got to get excited about what you're doing. And I don't think it's necessarily excited about what you're doing. I've been thinking about this a lot lately is if you can get so excited about your client's results or the people you're helping, that can keep you moving forward. Some days it just sucks to talk about the same thing over and over. Like it can get really boring to do like quote your job. But if you can get so pumped about your clients or customers or guests or whatever you call the person who buys from you, then you're gonna get up every day excited to keep doing what you're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that, and I love that example because I feel like that's a lot of people. And and to Trisha's point, she's been in the game for a long time, so I'm sure she has, that as an individual, has built something that is sustainable. And it's interesting because this is week number one of FBA, and one of the gals who's in FBA, who's a beginner, she's done like all of my fitness programs, she's done all my fitness challenges. So when she joined for FBA, I was like, hey, Annie, what's up? Like I just know her from social media because she shares and she does the workouts, whatever. And she actually posted after yesterday's call, she said, um, I'm starting to take my business more seriously and I just signed up for a mentorship. She goes, with who else would I possibly sign up with because I have done every single one of her programs. If there's anyone I trust, it's Agile Fit." a perfect example of what we're talking about. So the answer is yes, this is 100% possible, but you have to include your audience. That's the thing As I think we see people who go dark. Like I know we have a lot of, you know, a lot of people who like, just go dark. And then they pop up like a year and a half later, like a brand new thing. And you're like, where have you been? It's completely off brand. So I think that you can make the transition a lot more seamlessly if you include your audience in the stories and what's going on and pull back the curtain and give them some insight and whatever, like Danny and I did, where we kind of talked about the affair, we talked about relationships, we not talked about the marriage, and like we talked about all that kind of stuff. I think you have to bring your audience along and make them feel included. And to Danny's point, not everyone will come. That's totally fine. You know, that is absolutely fine. I think when Danny, you know, sort of, you went through your adrenal fatigue, when I went through like transitioning into moderation 365, I had a lot of hardcore fitness people in my audience who were like, yeah, I don't want to do moderation. I still want to compete. I still want to get up on stage. I still want to get ripped. I still want to get shredded. And I was like, cool, maybe this next leg of the journey is not for you. And, but I, I'm, I think you'll be surprised at how many people come along. Yeah. I think a
0: lot of people will come along and I think a lot of people are ready for it. Sometimes we think our transition is maybe weird, or maybe we just have some kind of epiphany. You know, for me, I, I have shared this story. I went to a, an orphanage over Christmas in 2013 and these kids didn't have any food. And I, I just had this epiphany of like, I'm working with people who are worried about the carbs that they eat. And I had this moment, I'm at this orphanage and I get a peanut butter sandwich and I'm so freaking hungry. And I'm sitting in there in my brain thinking, I'm not going to eat this sandwich because of the carbs. And then at the same time, I'm like, what the fuck? I have nothing else to eat. I'm so hungry. And then I'm like, these kids, this is all they get. And to me, it just suddenly, go- I just suddenly realized I couldn't write meal plans anymore and obsess about little things like carbs. Like I just felt like there was a little bit more. And it's not to say that nutrition stuff isn't important. It's not to say that, um, looking at calories and looking at carbs and proteins and fats and all of that isn't important, but for me, something shifted. So I'm seeing something shifted in my brain and something was shifting in my audience too. I could tell the kind of people were coming to me with different kinds of questions. I wasn't getting as many of those, like, how do you get six pack abs anymore? I was getting more quiet, messages that were asking about binge eating and how do i stop emotional eating and so i knew i had to talk about something different i couldn't just sit there and talk about the superficial stuff i was getting deeper questions from my audience and my content wasn't doing it for, for me or for them anymore so mm-hmm. yeah i think the right people will follow along and the other people won't and you know we just had uh, elizabeth faye on the podcast and she's had a big transition she started in cutting hair behind the chair hair painting, balayage, highlights, whatever. And she doesn't do anyone's hair now, but she works with hairstylists. And so what's interesting, and this is what's really important also about building an audience first is you actually need that audience. You need some of them to go with you to the next thing, because starting from scratch, if you're right there right now, you know, it's hard to get going. So while she's doing more business coaching and Jill too, like Jill started in fitness. I started in fitness. The first people I coached were other trainers, other people in my industry. Elizabeth Fay was a hairstylist and now she works with hairstylists. And she also works with other business professionals, but her main chunk of her audience is hairstylists. Jill can also work with other people in business, but her main chunk of business is other personal trainers. So wherever you're at, don't just throw them in the gutter because a good chunk of those people will come with you. And that's gonna start- the momentum for the next thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So don't just like wipe them away and make them disappear. There's going to be some people that still need you that still want to follow and come with you on whatever this new journey is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So to summarize, the answer is yes, this is 100% possible. And like you mentioned, Trish, both of us have done this. Um, and some, and sometimes several times, I think the keys are this, have you broken through with the trust barrier? Is it, have you broken through the threshold? Have you built the house? Second is, are you including your audience in where you're going? Number, and then third is, are you sprinkling in and teasing some of this content out so it doesn't feel like it's from left field? Like, are you having these conversations publicly? Are you starting to like slowly move in that direction? And then I think you'll be surprised at how many people you've built trust with who will come along for the ride. So the answer is 100%, but I always wanna just give a little bit of a warning to those who are beginners because it can be really fun to create new stuff And try to not use this as an excuse to just jump ship too quickly because something's not getting traction. To me, I'm just like, I would rather you stay with the same house and continue remodel, remodel, remodel. To the point where it is the the house that you want it to be, then just scrapping it and starting from scratch every time, and then being and then waking up five years later and be like, why has nothing ever stuck? And I hate that because it is 100% a uh, a cautionary tale in our space. We have a lot of people who end up doing that and literally spin their wheels for years because they have not niched down appropriately and for long enough. Um, so that is sort of like how I can summarize it. So answer is yes. Go forth. Tell us how it goes. I
0: love it y'all thanks so much thanks for this uh dm trish and if y'all have questions hit us up in our dms at the best life podcast on instagram uh definitely screenshot share these tag us we will always regram and if you get a sec well not get a sec make a sec and leave us a review we'd really really appreciate it leave us a five-star rating and a review we would so appreciate and it just helps our podcast grow and we'll see you on the next episode yeah bye guys